Today on the podcast, we have Chris, Christina Azarenko. Uh, she has been working in SEO and digital marketing since 2011 and is currently the founder of Marketing Syrup. I love that name, by the way, uh, where she is a SEO consultant for medium-sized e-commerce businesses. Well, welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm very excited to be here and I'm sure this is going to be a really amazing episode. So make sure to listen to to the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely be going through uh, a ton of tips, but I I did want to get your background a little bit. I just mentioned that you've been working in SEO since 2011, but how did you kind of get into SEO and how did you become an expert? Um, I break down this question because (laughs) I feel that there are uh, multiple questions in it. Um, Started back in 2011, um, I was just working as a debt collector at that time and I hated my job. Um, but this is I not. I can't imagine that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was not. You know, this uh, big, huge guy who <laughs> who visits people and beats them. I was just a person calling uh, different companies and reminding them to pay on time. Um, yeah, I just didn't like the job a lot. So um, I accidentally found an SEO course and I had no idea what SEO was at that time, even what a website was. I was not technical at all. Um, So I started this course. I um, honestly speaking, I cried a few times. (laughs) But um, yeah, since then, I just fell in love with um, SEO and I started uh, at an agency and then I switched jobs multiple times. Yeah, I just fell in love with it. Um, and uh, during like, all these years, I've been working with different kinds of businesses, but now I'm mostly concentrated on helping uh, small and medium-sized online stores, which want to grow uh, their um, traffic and sales from organic uh, traffic and minimize uh, ad spend. You mentioned you cried a few times. What, what uh, aspects did, did you find the hardest to learn? Uh, <laughs> so for me, um, as I said, I had no idea what was going on. So for me, at first, the technical parts were most uh, were the hardest. And I, I, I think that uh, back then, you would need to do many more things than you would need to do now. So for example, I needed to manually add sitemap and robust.txt to the website. And I remember I was looking for a root folder and I had no idea what that was. And that was one of the moments when I was crying, like what's going on? Where can I find this root folder? Um, but yeah, I eventually figured it out and here I am. <laughs> Generally how, like if you could put a percentage on it, like how much of the technical like coding side compared to the content side uh, does SEO depend on? Well, um, it really it really depends on a website, but I'd say that it's both. And so, for example, sometimes you can have the best content ever, but if Google can't see this content, then you'll, you're screwed and you won't be able to rank. I've had this um, uh, happening to my clients, and uh, in this case, technical SEO would be most important for this particular time when you want to make sure that everything works perfectly and then the content part uh, becomes more important. Uh, but yeah, I'd say that it's both. It, these are both sides to it. 
Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm just curious because I, you know, uh, I'm a content digital marketer. So it's mm -hmm. like all, the only things I can really control is uh, the content itself. And, you know, I, I, I know about the alt tags and making mm -hmm. sure the images aren't too large. But beyond that, I, I really can't get into the coding too much. And so that that part intimidates me as well. And I can see why <laughs> it would lead to some tears. <laughs> <laughs> so I did bring you on because you uh, you had a post go viral on social media. So and uh, basically what you would ask is what SEO tasks uh, did you use in the last ten years that no longer work? So I guess uh, what inspired you to write the post and kind of what reaction did you get? Um, well, uh, I don't even remember what inspired me uh, to write this post because sometimes I would occasionally have ideas for uh, things to ask to ask people. Um, just, you know, to bring the conversation in um, because I feel that I love, I love the SEO community and I love, um, actually love when you, um, when different people uh, reply and sometimes they agree, sometimes they don't, but it's, it's really fun in the SEO industry. Um, but I did not expect uh, so many answers and so many retweets and so many um, so many opinions. Most of them were uh, the same, but yeah, it was it was just really interesting. And honestly, for me and for people who've been in in the SEO industry for a long time, that whole thread on Twitter uh, was like um, I don't know, going down the memory lane and remembering all the old uh, shady SEO stuff that people used to do. Yeah, it is one field that that does change so quickly. Like you know, Google can snap its fingers and you know the next day everyone has to adapt. So I could see there just being so many different changes, but you know, like even digital marketing, right? Like using the old blinking button that would say buy now. <laughs> There's just so much that stuff or that just seems snow, shady now. <laughs> or snow flying, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, music. Oh my God. Even worse, music. Oh yeah. I hated that. And you're just like trying to find how to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the reason was you you kind of went through and grabbed a lot of those uh, concepts that kind of either... Um, don't help anymore and they're a bit of a waste of time when it comes to SEO or even some cases are harmful to your SEO. So I thought it was a really great list and I, I saw you send it out a newsletter. So I had like had to get you on and uh, kind of go through them because particularly when you're not in SEO all the time, like you might hear about best practices every once in a while when you go to a conference or hear a webinar. So it is kind of good to um, hear what methods don't work anymore. And, you know, when you're chatting with your your higher ups you can kind of go you know what that's actually not helpful anymore so we don't need to waste our time or we shouldn't be doing that because it's going to hurt us so I, I kind of wanted to go through and uh I, let's just go through the list uh let's start with meta keywords because i think this is a big one because I've, I've had this even last year uh we re relaunched a website and there's a section for meta keywords and i had to kind of fight people on bothering with that because i just think I, I've heard it's actually harmful, but at least a waste of time. So I guess if I could pick your brain on that. Yeah, well, it's definitely a waste of time. Uh, the only thing that it does, it makes easier for competitors to discover your keywords um, just, you know, with one click. But basically, meta keywords used to be a huge thing many years ago, even not 10 years ago, more. 
And um, at first, when Google was really, you know, not that sophisticated, meta keywords was one of the tags that would show that, okay, this web page is concentrated on this, um, um, on this thing, for example, I don't know, designer portfolio, how to design a portfolio, something like that. Um, so that was one of the ways Google would understand what the page is about. But then, uh, of course, it was overused because if it's just that easy, you can put uh, your keywords in this tag and then you rank. Oh, oh my God, okay, you need to pull 50 keywords, uh, 100 keywords. Um, and it was overused a lot. So then Google started ignoring it actually, yeah, many, many years ago. Uh, so now, honestly, I, I sometimes uh, I'm so surprised when uh, different extensions, different um, add-ons still show meta keywords because for me, this is, like for many SEOs, this is dead a long time, for a long time. So it's good to know because that, that one, you can waste a lot of time on that. So I think it's uh, good to hear that we can knock that off the list. Uh, next up, you had directory submission and I don't know if it's DMOZ or DMOZ, um, but first of all, what is uh, DMOZ? And, um, you know, I also thought uh, any kind of inbound link was a, a good link. Is that not true? Um, well, okay. So I'll break this question into um, several questions. So first of all, uh, directory submissions, um, well, some of them still work when it comes to business directories for local SEO. This is completely different beast. What I'm talking about when I say that directory submissions don't work anymore um, is, you know, they used to be really um, shitty. Can I say shitty here? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then shitty. <laughs> directories where you will just um, go and submit uh, information like, the, a link to the website, um, the name of the person who, um, who is associated with the, this website. I don't remember what else, maybe address or something like that. Some of them were paid, some of them were free, but these were basically copied uh, websites. Um, they didn't bring any value. Well, at some point they did because they provided links. And when Google was not that good at figuring out which links um, work, which links are kind of spammy, uh, at that time, it really worked. But still, it's, you know, just manual work. And if anyone, anyone can get a link in such a directory, this means that this link is not really worthy because it's not an editorial link. This is not something that you should, um, you know, put lots of efforts in. Uh, this is just something, some spammy thing. And DMOZ, so actually um, it was a really huge, it was really huge back then. So DMOZ was a really uh, huge uh, directory and any website that was there was deemed of high quality because they had waiters, they had people, um, people who were reviewing all these websites. So it was really, really great to be listed there. But as far as I remember, all these people who um, were supposed to rate the websites, they were volunteers, which means that they reviewed the websites whenever they had time and you could wait for like six months or one year. Um, 
as far as you remember, I even listed uh, one client there. And actually, this is something that you could put in your, uh, not portfolio, your uh, CV that you listed uh, a website on Demos. That was huge. Um, but yeah, then it was just, um, I think it was just removed or deleted uh, this website because it didn't bring any value anymore. Um, yeah, so that that's about Demos. Um, and in general about uh, inbound links, um, well, they are important. And some of them can be, can be, can be taken easily, right? So, um, but again, if anyone can go to a website and just register a profile, for example, and put their link there, this link is basically not worthy. So, yeah. I pick your brain a little bit about guest posts because I keep seeing articles and I, you know, I've kind of subscribed to all the SEO uh, mm -hmm. Facebook groups and there's a lot of memes <laughs> and a lot of <laughs> articles and like I, I, I'm kind of seeing concepts and not quite grasping them, but one of them I keep seeing is uh, Google keeps saying that guest posting is worthless. I, what is that true and like what what do they mean by guest posting like I, I i assume from that it means me guest posting on someone else's website and having a link to my website yeah yeah that you're you're correct this is um basically you're a guest or on somebody's somebody else's website and well there are different types of guest posting first of all those which are you know really uh, bad quality content, which is created just for the sake of having this guest post, which doesn't bring any value at all. And there are so many people reaching all the time on LinkedIn saying, oh, have a have a list of um, guest post websites with uh, domain authority 40 plus or something. And honestly, there is a special place for these people in these special places not on heaven. <laughs> um, because <laughs> never, never, ever buy buy links from these people, and actually, buying links is um, a violation of Google's guidelines. But yeah, but for, at the same time, for guest posts, which are which can be of really uh, huge um, quality. So, for example, I uh, published a post on SEMrush, or I published a post on uh, Search Engine Land. And these are quality posts, which provide really provide value to the audience. And sometimes I can get a link, which is no follow from there. Sometimes I can have a dog follow link uh, from there, which is basically the follow is better because it um, uh, basically gives the link juice uh, to the uh, target website. Uh, but again, in terms of the quality, these are really good posts. So they are they, they they need to leave this kind of guest posts uh needs to leave all right i'm going to keep picking your brain on this question because uh, <laughs> i think this is one that a lot of content marketers out there would probably use quite a bit but like let's say you have a like I, I uh, work at a law firm, we always reference other articles that aren't on our website. Should I be making those links non-follow on uh, my website or does it not matter? Uh, honestly, Google will usually, will usually say uh, make them non-follow, but honestly, if this, if you are not compensated for this link, if it's not an affiliate, a sponsor, sponsored link or any of this kind, 
if this is your just goodwill to link to the website, I don't see anything bad in including a dog follow link. So for example, I have some posts on my web website, which are a compilation of people's opinions. So for example, I had a post on uh, SEO misconceptions. And I asked uh, people on Twitter, uh, SEOs on Twitter, which misconceptions they had when they were just starting in SEO. And I was happy to link to their websites just because they um, they share their opinion and like, why not? They didn't pay me for this. And this is my website. So I decide uh, whether this link is going to be no follow or don't follow. And I'm not compensated for this. Um, so yeah, if you're not compensated, if there is no, uh, like nothing like that is involved in this, then why not? You can have this uh, don't follow. Okay. That covers that one because I, I see the non-follow thing quite a bit. I'm ne I've never been 100% sure <laughs> how to go about that. So if it's a paid for uh, sponsored post, then you should have a no-follow link. And if it's not, then then you're okay. Yeah, basically, basically. That's right. All right, the, the speed we're going through this list is going to be a four-hour <laughs> podcast. Sorry, I keep getting distracted. The next one is submitting sites to search engines. Um, I, you know, I literally just took a course where they say uh, mm -hmm. make sure to submit your pages to the Google Google Search Console, um, especially if you make an update. So I'm just wondering, is that do I not need to do that? Uh, well, this is different. So uh, there used to be services like submitting uh, your you know, website to search engines um, so that they discover the website. Um, well, I, I promise it's different and I'll try to explain the difference. <laughs> oh, so like a third party that's not Google or Yahoo. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly, exactly. So you would pay people uh, who would submit your website somehow because they won't have uh, access to your Google Search Console. And again, many years ago, it was relevant because uh, search engines were not that quick at picking up the information. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a paid service uh, where people would just submit it somehow, but now it's not relevant at all. But again, it's completely different from when you're making uh, website changes and you're using uh, URL inspect tool to request indexing of a page or when you update the, uh, a page in Google XML sitemap and it's uh, re-indexed as well. So this is completely different. This is something that uh, is worth doing. If you post a blog, do you submit it straight away or do you just kind of like Google find it? Uh, well, I, I let Google find it because it happens really quickly, especially uh, if, uh, if I create a page which is listed right away uh, on the homepage, which is true for blogs. I have a feed on my homepage, but yeah, um, if it's, if it's just if it's just one page which appeared now and I don't really need you know Google to jump on it as quick as possible, um, I might not submit it. But if it's for example, um, I work a lot with online stores, so for them there are other ways to do this. Uh, so first of all, an XML set map and uh, last um, the date of last modification, and mm. uh, secondly, you can have um, you know link blocks with links for example new products on the home page and it makes it easier and faster for google to pick up these uh products yeah that makes sense i i found personally i if it's a new blog i let it just go but if it's like one with tweets from old you know 
from the archive I generally then submitted directly. Yeah, 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 definitely. This is uh, this is a good strategy. Uh, so moving on, you say article spinning and you list uh, eZine articles and Squiddo. Um, what is that? <laughs> and uh, why should it be avoided? So um, these are the websites. I am pretty sure that those SEOs who did this, they still remember these <laughs> websites. And article spinning is basically when you have, uh, when you write an article one time and then you submit it to many, many websites. So if you use logic, you understand that's basically duplicate content and duplicate content is not really, it's not really helpful. And I remember again, when I started, one of the things that I did that's how everyone started back then. But one of the uh, things that I did was um, spinning, spinning articles. And I remember that, again, I was just uh, six, six months at my job or something. And I remember thinking, okay, there must be something wrong with it. Because I don't think that submitting the same post to many different websites with the link back, of course, that was, that was the main purpose, right? Uh, I didn't didn't think that it's actually looks valuable. Um, so yeah, don't, uh, don't write a post one time and then submit it to many, many, many different websites. And uh, in this case, like Squido and Easing, e whatever it's pronounced, articles uh, are just examples of the websites that used to be huge for that. So that one's tough for me because like we, um like this happens a lot in law firms there's mm -hmm. media websites that literally just take your article and repost it for you and like our website currently does this i think with about four different content distributors and i, I have often wondered like how that does hurt us <laughs> but i don't even know <laughs> well uh i don't know the purpose behind this so if it's for example for uh legal purposes if it's just, um, you know, you have a new product and you have a press release or something, that might be okay. But if it's, you know, uh, researched good post, which you expect people to find online, uh, Googling or, I don't know, for kind of services that you provide, uh, it's better to have it on your website. And um, an alternative when, for example, um, so let's say I posted uh, an article on search engine land, right? But I want to post it on my website as well. So what I can do, I can repost it on my website, but, but set up a canonical pointing to search engine land's original post. And that would mean, would basically uh, tell Google that, okay, this is, this is my post, but the original post was on, on search engine land. So disregard my post and my post won't be ranked, but um, attribute everything to the original post on search engine land. Um, so this is one of the ways to go uh, with it when you need to uh, submit the same content to multiple websites. That, that canonical uh, link, um, is that, just one line of code where you just put the, the original post link in it? Um, do you mean canonical? Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> canonical... <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. No worries. Uh, the canonical is a tag which is put in, a, in the head section of a page. It's basically, so usually um, in, 
in any content management system, uh, you would have a field, especially not in, in custom ones. I don't know about custom ones, but uh, you would have a field uh, with, for a canonical tag and you mm -hmm. can put the URL there. Okay. It's good to know. So in my case, for instance, I would want to reach out to those content distributors and say, make sure you're putting a canonical link to our post. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> well, let's see how they respond to that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next uh, one you have uh, submitting your site to social bookmarking website. Uh, this is another one I've, again, not personally heard of. Um, yeah, so um, the examples of these websites are about dig, digo, stumble upon or something. And again, there is a difference between submitting, um, submitting your content to this kind of websites. So for example, if you submit your content on Pinterest, you can really rank with this. Uh, but uh, what I mean by submitting submitting your content to social book, book marketing websites. This used to be done again for uh, for link purposes. And there were many different social book marketing websites and links from them didn't have any value um, and don't have any value right now. And for bigger websites, like for example, StumbleUpon, I think it might be still live uh, I don't know actually, but there are websites like Bees Sugar um, and others. They are mostly used for um, for getting traffic. It's not about links anymore because uh, in, I think most of these these links will be no followed, so you won't get any link juice. But if we talk about traffic, if a web this website drives traffic to your to your website, <laughs> then it's worth it. So, for example, Pinterest it can be huge, especially for um, you know brands with visual aspect like clothes or gifts. Uh, but again, this is not for the sake of just getting a link. So, if you have a social media presence, like you've got to just think of it as pure branding and uh, no SEO value whatsoever, just traffic. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are many, um, there are many discussions about whether, for example, even being active on Twitter helps you with SEO. Uh, my opinion is that it doesn't. The mm, the indirect influence might be when you are building your brand your personal brand or company brand and people start um, looking for looking out for you on Google, for you or for your services. This is an indirect uh, influence. But, uh, you know, if you share your, um, if, if you share your link, a link to your post um, in 20 tweets, you're not going to get uh, higher in rankings on Google. That makes sense. Um, so if, if it's got no value beyond traffic, then there's no point doing it. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, the next, you've got blog commenting. So is that commenting on your own blog or commenting on other blogs, again, to kind of build links or brand oh, value? Oh, yeah. So there are still many people and many, um, you know, automated software types that, um, that would submit comments to your blogs with uh, links. And it's so funny because I get I get lots of these comments, and I used to get even more before I um, installed a you know plugin which fights spam. 
Um, but uh, it's so funny when they write, uh, when they write a, um, a comment and they put a link and they considerable, considerably put it in no follow. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> that makes me, that makes me laugh. It's so funny. But, it's always yeah. luxury purses, isn't it? I always, <laughs> when I had a WordPress website, it was always luxury purses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just very funny. Um, so, so yeah. the, the, the spam robots are trying to create inbound links and put no follow links. I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, when they just post comments with no value, just like, thank you for your post, by the way, even even the comments that I'm making up now uh, makes more sense than, <laughs> than they do. But it's usually luxury purses, all in caps. <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah, 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 so, sometimes it is, but... Um, yeah, if you just try to comment with nonsense, nonsense text on somebody else's website and put a link there, the chances are high that, um, you know, this is just going to be marked as spam. But the only, the only way, the only um, reason to comment on somebody else's blog is when it, first of all, you, you do it manually. <laughs> mm -hmm. You share your own opinion, which is relevant to what's written in a blog post. And uh, you can add a link to supplemental materials. You can add a link, which, which basically really adds value. But this mm -hmm. link is still going to be no followed. And you are adding this link not for the link itself, but for, uh, for traffic. That makes sense. And I mean, I don't think that should fall on SEO. That should be like a community manager or even a, like social media manager's role to kind of build that brand awareness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so don't spam other people's blogs. <laughs> yeah. The one you have is a forum commenting. I, I assume that's the same, same yeah. issue. Yeah, and it's very similar. And again, I remember um, that many, many forums used to have uh, the follow links. And you would just go there, uh, build some credibility, and then put a link somewhere. But again, if it doesn't add any value, then don't put a link. Don't link from, from forums. If it does, then that's totally fine. Uh, is it harmful, though? Or does it uh, not matter? Well, it's, it's, not, it's not harmful. Um, I mean, if it's, uh, again, if it's... It's just a waste of time. <laughs> that's value i mean uh so for example i um started noticing um i started noticing uh a lot of visits from from one forum to one of my blog posts and uh i saw that somebody uh somebody was just having the problem that i had before writing this post so i solved this problem and i wrote this post so others can solve it as well um so i saw somebody um uh putting a link in comments to my blog this is something uh you know this is not spam this is something asking for help and somebody else comments with a link to this help uh i wouldn't i wouldn't waste my time on doing this uh, just you know searching for forums and trying to put my link there but if somebody else uh, found my post and so uh, and so value in it and thought to include it in their comment that's great. That's that's fine. That gives me traffic. Mm -hmm. I had that once. We um, 
had 90,000 page views in one day from wow. a comment on a media website, but it was like an alt-right <laughs> media company. <laughs> so like, it was like worse than Breitbart, <laughs> which okay. was scary that it got 90,000 page views from that. Wow. Media. Oh my so God. I, 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 like, yes. It looks like your Google Analytics after that was crude because no matter what you try to compare, <laughs> yeah. it is always going to be very, you know, decrease. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, we felt so weird about it. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next we have uh, reciprocal links. Um, I thought this is where you kind of do that, like guest posts, inbound links. Is that is that not the case? Um, it's basically when you link to another website and this another website links back to you. Is so that it, not helpful if like you're, you're both, you know, legit websites? Is that not? Well, really it, it is. Um, again, many, many of the things that we are talking about right now, if they use for manipulation or uh, for spam purposes, they will not work. So, I mean... Um, for example, I had I had some people um, reaching out to me. Uh, they would mention me and link to me in their post, and then they reach out to me and say, "Oh, can you link, link back to us?" Um, well, I potentially can, but this is just like I I don't like this approach when you just force people to do this. Um, yeah, so if it makes sense for you to uh, link back, that's okay, but. It, this is how you um, how you build links, just you know, linking back and forth. Um, I'm not sure, but I guess it depends. Like usually, we'll say in SEO. <laughs> I just had a flashback to high school when uh, I had my like Angel Fire website. Um, I don't know if you remember them, but uh, everyone would like go to other fan websites and say, if you put a link to yours and yours to mine, and then, then people started getting stipulation rules or it's like, you need 5,000 page views. <laughs> yeah. Like I totally forgot about that. Wow. I feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, I, I'm not saying that you're old, but when I, <laughs> when I, um, when I read comments in this um, under this tweet that we are talking about right now, I definitely felt old. Especially <laughs> when people were like, "Oh, what's that? What's that?" <laughs> Speaking of age, domain age. Um, so I thought this was a big factor actually in ranking. Where if you have a domain that's been around for like ten years, it will, it will rank a lot higher than a brand new one. Is that not the case? Um, well, it's it can be true, it can be false. Um, I remember many years ago when, when, when I did lots of um, SEO audits, one of the things in the checklist was uh, domain age. So if the domain age is uh, huge, then it means that it will pass, um, pass the check if the domain age is not really big. Or what's more, I remember um, for how many years uh, your domain is booked. So basically, if your domain is booked for five years, it's better than if your domain is booked for just one. Because uh, if your domain is booked for five, it means it tells Google that you are serious about your business. That's also, <laughs> I remember this uh, in the checklist. And it kind of makes sense, but this is not a ranking factor for sure. Um, so when it comes to domain age, it's more like if you have a domain for 10 years and you haven't done anything with it, 
and then a new domain comes in and in six months it can be much better than your 10 year old domain I, so I, I see a lot of people buying domains um that have kind of expired or you know the person just wants to sell them if that's a website that's not really being used or let's say it is being used, but your new website is going to be completely different. Is that worthwhile or should you just start from scratch? Um, well, I honestly, I know that there, are, uh, there is like a huge, a huge theme of buying expired domains. Um, but yeah, the reason why people do this is because a domain can have, um, any domain can have really juicy links coming to it you know, this authority coming to it. And that's when, if you put another website there, you will still have this um, authority coming to your website, right? Um, so that's that's the difference between, again, a 10-year-old domain, which hasn't, nobody worked on, or a 10-year-old domain, which was developed over time. And then if it expires, okay, yeah, you can buy it and set up a new website on it. But you will still have uh, this authority, these links coming to it from other resources. I think in five years' time, though, that's going to be one of these things that's on the list of like, don't buy domain names. Because they're like, it's, I think eventually Google will be like, you know, they used to rank really high for this one article that just doesn't even exist on the website anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I, think, well, I think it's going to be a penalty eventually. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true that uh, the website, yeah, if the article is removed from the website is definitely not going to rank uh, to rank anymore in Google. Um, but I also heard that, um, for example, if a domain has expired and then it was bought out um, and another website is, is found there, um, Google still, um, you know, re-evaluates re domain and um, it can uh, pass only part of the link juice uh, pointing to it, but it's honestly uh, really hard to measure. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you just you just can't, you, you, we don't have a liner <laughs> to measure it properly. Uh, but one thing is for sure that if you're buying a domain with a good history, um, it will be better, it will be easier to rank your new website on it than if you buy a completely blank domain. Yeah. Uh, the next one you got hidden text. And like, I remember this one. I remember like, <laughs> this is back in the Angel, Fi Angel Fire days too, <laughs> where you would write some text and then you would make it white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously Google figured that out that you're trying to, to game the system a little bit. Is, is it still incredibly harmful? Um, oh yeah, so basically, um, when you when you try to fool Google when you're showing something only to Google but not to your um, uh, to your users, that's harmful. And uh, the hidden text I remember how it used to look like yeah, white on white background, white text on white background, or black uh, text on black background, whatever. But um, I remember I went to some website and I went to the footer and somehow I um, um, I found the text there and I highlighted it I was like wow and usually this text wouldn't be you know something useful it would be just uh, keywords 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 and keywords um, so yeah Google is much better now at figuring this out and I would definitely not do this <laughs> 
Um, I also think that would get you dinged for uh, accessibility as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, web rings. Uh, again, this is kind of what I'm not quite sure. My assumption would be what I said before, where we everyone kind of links to everyone. Is that kind of yeah. what that is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you mentioned, uh, this blog links, links to these five blogs. These five blogs link to the next five blogs. So it's basically reciprocal linking, but more sophisticated. Sounds like um, a bit like, bit like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, so, um, <laughs> oh my God, I just remembered that, okay, back then there were so many money blogs. It was crazy. I think every mother would have a blog and they uh, they sold links quite, I remember quite, quite, they sold links from their blogs. And I remember they had this, you know, blog crawl uh, in the sidebar and they would link to other mom's websites and they would link to other mom's websites. So that's basically what web rings are. Is that, is that the home yummy mommy blog group? Uh, I don't, I don't even remember, <laughs> but yeah, it sounds, it sounds like one of those that could exist then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it existed. <laughs> In the travel blogging community, everyone would be like, oh, they're one of the mommy yummies. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was crazy. There were so many of them. <laughs> uh, the next one you have is page rank monitoring. I thought this was a big deal. Am I mistaking what it actually is? Um, well, again, so um, I remember um, I was so crazy about, you know, um, measuring the rank of every single keyword and uh, doing this monthly reports showing which keyword is up, which keyword is done. It took so much time. And honestly, um, when we think now that Okay, there is personalization, there is localization, and also uh, Google search results shift can shift during the day. You can you could have been uh, on position three and then you're in position four and then you're back on three. Um, so basically, the tools that show you um, the, your current rankings, they just have a snapshot of your position at that particular time in that particular location um, and with this particular personalization or without personalization. Um, so it's useful to track, uh, to track keyword rankings supplementally. So for example, if you, um, if you have just like, you know, five products and you track for example, two, uh, two keywords for each of this product, and you see that one of the products fell down completely, this can be an indication that something is wrong. But, you know, these old reports with thousands or hundreds of keywords that you would, um, uh, you would report on every single month, this is just not relevant anymore. And at the end of the day, what are you more concentrated on? On the rankings or on the real traffic? Because let's be honest, you can rank for a keyword, but it might not bring traffic to you. Or you can rank on it, uh, for a keyword, but actually nobody will, um, nobody will buy from you because this is not the right keyword. Um, I actually remember um, there was one company, uh, they used to do, uh, as far as I remember, they used to have grills or something. And I remember that, that they had a spike on their blog 
for um, for particular keywords about some mansion that was uh, the most expensive mansion bought in the UK in the USA. And for some reason, they decided sometime before that they decided to write about this, which is not relevant at all for their audience. And if we track the keywords for this, yeah, you can see uh, a really amazing picture. They were ranking for this, but it is not relevant. We had that at uh, my last year, we had a top 10 list and it just did so well on Google. And we don't know why we tried to repeat it. We couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, the traffic at the end of the day was that relevant to us, but being a media site, any page view is a good page for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it depends. It, it depends on your industry. But again, um, I would say that you can still track, it's, it's okay to, to track keyword rankings but it should not be it should not be your main focus as it used to be it can be just supplemental honestly i don't don't track keywords for my clients because i'm more concentrated on on traffic on traffic on branded branded traffic versus non-branded traffic uh and all these more important things yeah I, i've been focusing a little bit on keywords but more so like uh we've been doing kind of a historical optimization where we take some of our old blogs from 10 years ago and try to redo them and just seeing if that's improving uh, their score. But beyond that, I think um, just the traffic number is the most important. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we got through that list so quickly, <laughs> especially because I threw in a few curveballs for you. Uh, but this has been really informative. Uh, you kind of piqued my interest a lot and I got a lot of questions that I had off uh, my chest. So thank you for coming on. Um, but uh, if anyone's interested in what does work, uh, where, where can they find you? Um, yeah, uh, you can find me on Marketing Syrup. This is my website. And I also have an SEO course, um, which is called SEO Challenge. Uh, and it's uh, on seochallenge.co.co, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah, find me there or hit me on Twitter. Um, I'm Azarchik there. Uh, let me know what you learned from this podcast. If you have any other questions, I would be happy to chat. That sounds great. And I'll make sure those links are uh, in the comments. So if anyone wants to go down there and have a look, but uh, till then, thank, thank you again for uh, joining me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. <laughs>